1: It's Jim Kramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action.
2: Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Catania with Jim Kramer David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. What a morning! Uh, busiest day of Q2 earnings season. We're now about halfway through. Facebook, Qualcomm, PayPal, Comcast, Ford, all in focus today. Of course, the Robinhood IPO and futures have held on to gains even as Q2 GDP is a miss at 6.5. It's still the best Q2 in almost two decades. Our roadmap begins with uh, Facebook and Ford and Qualcomm and our parent Comcast reporting results. Renewed corporate COVID restrictions also in focus.
3: Plus, we're going to uh, talk about fraud charges. U.S. prosecutors charging Nikola founder Trevor Milton
2: oh. in connection with
3: their investigation into the embattled electric car. You had a great interchange with him initially. Start Carl.
2: And Robinhood set to make its public debut, valued at $32 billion after pricing toward the bottom of the range. And that's where we're going to begin, Jim. A lot of discussion about uh, going to the bottom because they want this to work, perhaps?
1: Exactly. But what I want to be sure of is that Uh, That Goldman understands that Vlad Tenev is trying to do the right thing by people. Uh, And I point that out because there are a lot of disparate groups that are in the stock that he's given to people. And I don't think Goldman's all that sensitive one bit to what Vlad wants to do. I think they're treating it as a traditional IPO. I think Vlad is doing it anything but traditional, and we'll see if that clashes. What we don't want, obviously, is what Leslie Picker talked about today, which is every deal north of $2 billion,
3: David, has broken print. Yeah, I thought that was a very interesting stat that Leslie shared with us uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, the big deals have not done well. Right. So what should you do if you're Goldman? You price it so that it works. Which, okay. Which, do you think they did that? I don't think they care at all. Well, do you think where they priced it was the. I don't think they have any idea. I think that they're still busy trying to figure out who is and who isn't. They're still, look, not they're, not. They're still well, busy trying to sell those Uber shares, by the way. Well, <laughs> this no, morning no, I was no, hearing with no, some guys in Europe. Underneath you,
1: it says Goldman not done allocating Robinhood IPO shares. That's right. what lets me to be skeptical. <laughs> because typically by now, um, you'd have a better idea. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's 902, don't you think that... If no, usually
3: were, you'd have me sitting here saying it's 10 times oversubscribed subscribed. Right? Well, that's da, da, da. what I'm Just, saying.
1: This, if we knew you know, usual who was allocated to... Marketing language. But Goldman seems to be... I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's someone at Goldman who says... Kramer doesn't know he's talking about Vlad is saying this. But the issue is, is that you can't have the print price broken because if you have, say, 30% of them who are thinly capitalized who bought it, they may not have any firepower to buy more. And you don't want a situation where... It breaks the print immediately and people say, what the heck did I just pay 38 for? So it's an unsophisticated group that Goldman should work with Vlad to be able to say, "Okay, listen, not everybody's really done an IPO before. Let's make this so that everybody wins. Goldman has the ability to do that. But Goldman is not going to tell Vlad, hey, let's have everybody win.
2: Uh, We did get one initiation out of uh, Atlantic today. I read that. Um, Overweight. Uh, They value They say 65. What do you see?
1: Well, I think that the problem with that whole recommendation is there's a page of of horribles. They say, look, here's the things that go wrong. What you don't want is Gary Gensler to say, you know what? We're not in favor of companies that make money by order flow. Uh, I also was surprised at how much of their business is options, which, again, means thinly capitalized people going for gold, the 20, $22 million. Uh, that said, you know, I've been in favor of Robinhood from day one. I had him on about five years going out to California because it's about democratization. It's about getting new people in. It is a great app. Uh, I know that they want to really ward their shareholders. I know that they felt like that they did let people down during the GameStop era. Um, I, and the re, I don't mean to pick on Goldman, but, you know, Goldman's a very different kind of place. I mean, Goldman, it's all sophisticated investors who get it. They know exactly the deal. You get one-tenth
3: of it, and you go out and you buy it in the aftermarket. David, that's not what's happening here. No, it's not. In fact, I'm getting texts right now. What do you get? They're begging us to take Robinhood shares. Um, that's from that's a fairly I'm, large... I'm, no, see, that's what I'm afraid ...large uh, allocator of capital. What, that's what I was um, afraid of. I didn't want to hear what David just said. And I said, what do they got left? And he well, said, lots. Don't do that, David. Why? What well, does That's reporting. That's reporting. Uh, but oh, by the way, listen, something that adds right. into the uncertainty as to how this is going to perform is, of course, the very large allocation to Robinhood customers. Exactly. And that's a what lot worries me. That. Well, does it worry you? Or Because I also heard you saying you never know. Does it well, get no. looked in or included as another meme stock? Do they take, yeah, take well, out their anger over what occurred? Well, during, there can be
1: uh, there, there, there can be that kind of uh, go drave heart different hold, ways. But it's only done. It's got to be done at the right level. And, David, if they're still allocating. You know how you get a deal done? You price it so that very big companies say, "I'll take ten
3: percent." Uh, of course, and uh, th- this and is or that- everybody steps up and they and they know they're going to get allocations that are going to be cut back dramatically because they think that obviously it's going to go up in its debut. Right. This is l- less certain, but, but, you, but you, know, you know what? The uh, range will, means they can't allocate. We'll see where it settles today, uh, but more importantly, I you know what is the. What is the basic underpinning for a, for, a, for a bullish outlook for the company? What is it about? Because you It continues to grow. You said this. You can't build it on, say, well, order selling order flow, because who knows how that's going to be It has to become a more full-service so, broker where right. they offer other. Whereas it has this relationship with this growing cohort that really is the future, right. I guess, of well, investing be, 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 and Carl, saving.
1: Yeah, Carl, I mean, if you have 20, this is like the YouTube yesterday, it, to analogize the way, where they said, look, younger, older people don't. Watch TV anymore. So younger people watch this, and it's a great ad break. I mean, when I, if I were working at Goldman, I would, I would call a meeting and say, I want 22 million young people. And people say, well, I, I don't, I don't know how to get then You build an app and, so, you know, undercapitalized. and you know undercapitalize. is. I mean, in other words, that they're not say the ethos of what Vlad has built is very yeah. different. Um, but the, the ethos could be crushed today. If this deal does bid, you think
2: this would be happening right now if we hadn't gotten some of the FINRA uh, disclosures of the past 48 hours?
1: Well, I mean, like when you have a whole page in a recommendation by Atlantic Equities about controversies, I mean, you know, this is not the kind of typical, uh, you know, David, you get typically when you get a deal, but have some red flags. No, this is like outages, fines, 20, FINRA, meme stock trading restrictions. This is a prey of to horribles. Yeah, and that's not what I wanted an IPO in a, in a very otherwise positive.
3: No, uh, I'll, all right. Let me give you a positive. People okay. like the guy they hired from Amazon, their CFO. They think very highly of him. Well, look, I think. Yeah, let's go back. Jason, I'm not, uh, not saying any... remember, he was a former Amazon executive. Sure, I'm, I'm not saying any, I'm saying good things.
1: Over. I'm saying good things about Robinhood. Okay. I'm not saying good things. I'm saying that Goldman has to understand what Robinhood's about. I think they do. Do you? Yeah. Well then, why are they doing it thirty-eight? Why don't they just? Why didn't they say, "Look, the low end of the range is thirty-eight. We're going to do it twenty-five. We're going to restrict the number of shares, and we're going to have everybody win." But, but maybe, maybe Robinhood had a, tr- had a problem with that. We don't know, but I do know that this deal must work. This is a must work deal for this.
2: Why party. is that? Yeah. I mean, Bumble and DD and Coupon. Well, I know, Why? Sir, because. There's, you want this?
1: Well, I'm speaking more philosophically. You have 22 million people. You want to be involved with
2: stocks. Oh, so you're saying that? You saying? You saying that Wall Street sentiment is on the line?
1: Yes, I do. Retail sentiment. I think retail sentiment is on the line precisely, uh, because these are people who uh, want very much to make money and don't really understand the process because the process is pretty arcane. And I think when they hear, for instance, uh, David say they're still allocating shares, their interpretation means, wow,
3: it must really be hot. Not that they right, can't So they may not have a full understanding, you're saying, of the process well, want, itself. They, but listen, well, they, you know, and then they wake up the next day and they're ready to go again. I don't know. Well, that could be. Their sentiment I mean, seems and to if last you make for it a day. meme. if you're making a meme, like if right now you
1: go in and the apes like Robin Hood and they hate people, they you know, have yeah, the, the connection with Citadel. Now Citadel, you know, is considered by these people to be a citadel of of hatred of their of them. Right? Do you ever talk to them about Citadel? (laughs) I I haven't. I I mean, not to Citadel. Very very mean. Very mean. They think that Citadel is about one rich guy. Taking everything they have, not Robinhood. It's Citadel gives from the takes from the poor and gives to the rich. I, now, by the way, I think it's totally untrue. I don't like how much concentration Citadel has in the market, but that's the government's fault. It's not Citadel's right. fault. Citadel's very well run, and they're not evil. I mean, I don't, Citadel, David, okay. they're not
3: evil. They're like a company. Speaking of uh, not
1: evil, I mean, no, maybe people. Can people we get, feel to, it's like can we
3: get to Facebook industries. numbers? Is it stark Industries? Oh, we're, we're going to continue with Robinhood. I'm told. By, uh, by, by the a way, um, not allowed to talk about. Facebook. We always like
2: to point out uh, when it's a company that we spotted early. It has been on our CNBC Disruptor 50 list uh, five times. Back right. in 2017, we well, when I met them, the 20, I
1: met them and they showed me the app, and I said, "We're done." And he said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, everything that on Wall Street is done. That's it. Right there is what a younger person would do." They don't know anything. They don't know broker. They don't care, David. They think most people are bagging them.
3: What are you doing? I'm looking at this. Is you know, I'm trying to see what's going on out there. David, run air. Yeah, I know where we are. I'm trying to add value, which you know, it's not. easy Oh to my watch. God! Like we're not adding value. I did not imply that. I was saying that I don't, and therefore was trying to. We're going to move on to Facebook now. What is the? Uh, did what you need, is, Did what is 22 million? What is the metaverse? You don't know I'll come metaverse? right back at you cuz okay. I'm trying okay. to figure that out. I think out. the metaverse is I think that, metaverse uh, is the metaverse is most exciting Zuckerberg, thing. Zuckerberg, we just Zuckerberg yep. gave to The Verge to learn about the metaverse cuz that came up a lot in the Facebook You call. should re- read Unity. It seems Unity. to be an important potential growth area for the company Facebook of course which reported which reported just blowout numbers. These numbers that we've seen from the largest companies yeah. in our country in terms of the top line growth. Are so dramatic, and, and you know it shouldn't be and down. Yet the stocks go down. You, you know it shouldn't be down. That's
1: David. Well, that's Winter just saying things that are like you know, just saying. Listen, things are going to be terrible after. He always says that. Uh, you have to go to the Unity conference call. Uh, The first quarter, which really explains what the metaverse is, which is the idea that you you're you're looking at basically, you can be an Oculus, whatever, and you say, I like the way that person looks in that shirt. I want to order that shirt. And it's or ultimately, it's an NVIDIA uh, based on NVIDIA. And when I was at NVIDIA with Jensen Wong, what happens? You could it's conceivable. Okay, David, listen to me. I'm reading.
3: I'm reading what Zuckerberg said. he didn't tell you enough. No, he He didn't say. No, he didn't. A persistent, synchronous environment where we can be together, which I think is probably going to resemble some kind of a hybrid between the social platforms we see today but an environment where you're embodied in it. Okay, That tells me what it is. Well, no. It's the holodeck. It is a hologram. Yeah, it's, it's like a soundtrack.
1: Ultimately, you could go into a room. Let's say you're alone and you're a little lonely, okay? And you like classical music. Well, you go into the room and you say to the first person you see, do you think that you like the, uh, do you like the motor, you know, the Hafner? And then the second verse is before you listen to half there, if you listen to Beethoven's Night, let me tell you, these people don't exist.
3: OK, understood. That's the metaverse. Or maybe you can even talk to them. Will Mozart no, you show will. No, they interact with you. How about Mozart? Can you bring him back? Or yes. What if you like Stravinsky and you want to know what yes. it was like at that first concert. It's yes. the right of spring. spring. It's the right of spring. Yeah. Now, look, I know this is a little
1: scary for people. And the, the typical way is to be able to sell something like what I said with, with uh, Unity, where you're looking what people are walking and you're looking at how people look. And you're saying, you know what? I'm, and then you imagine yourself with it. And you say, I want, you know, that's what
3: size is that? And then press your order. But you could also recreate the entire workplace, couldn't you? I mean, this is like the 10th iteration of Zoom. Um, this is the... Look, some, some people think this is the Terminator.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, and fold into that, uh, self-driving mobility. Absolutely. AI, I see Musk has already announced the Tesla AI Day for August. I, it is. It's, it's a minority uh, report.
1: Well, right. it is minority report. Um, you know, what look, you've... Okay, I just want to get this so people know, because Unity is really involved. This is Roblox. Uh, when I see a model in the scene walking and turning in my direction, that model is me wearing this shirt. And I can invite my family to the same environment and help me decide whether I want that shirt. Right. There you go. Metaverse. That's a smaller metaverse. The one that, that Jensen wants, and they are, again, mentioned, Jensen is Wong, much more of a— of, uh You walk in—you like Shakespeare, okay? And you really like that—in uh, King Henry the, the Fourth, part one, you like the speech about the, we, you, know, the we've lo- you know, we brave, we lonely,
3: back in Europe. The,
1: yes. the people who stay I, back. I,
3: I like to brush up on my Shakespeare— <laughs>
1: <laughs> Start <laughs> quoting it now. Kiss me, King <laughs> But I'm just saying that you can have a discussion about Shakespeare with several people. And, you know, it's, you do the The person to the left does the comedies. The person to the right does the histories and in front of you does the tragedies.
3: And you kick it around before we end this conversation uh, in terms of the but stock is, prices it, it, performance. Mean, no, I, we're going to talk a lot about the metaverse for years to come. The same way we've yeah. been talking about. I a, told all, you, Zuckerberg's uh, an autonomous cars, Zucker, And they Zucker, still aren't here, by the way. Zuckerberg an we talking about When five you meet Zuckerberg, yeah. he's actually quite regular. Is he really when he's out on the with that hoverboard with his flag? <laughs> oh, when you say how you doing? Oh God! I need a LaCroix. He says, "Okay, coming up." Um. Specific to the stock performance, guys, you know, they, uh, Jim, they did provide a two-year growth rate, and then they said there'd be a slight deceleration. Analysts seem to be taking that and or investors perhaps a bit harder than they should or or not. A bit harder than they should, I find it. Or not. Look, Uh, when Winner says, like they parse it, like Winner's always said that there's
1: going to be deceleration. Now he says there's serious deceleration. Well, wait a second. That means things are really bad. No. He's just told, you know, look, just don't be hype-oriented.
3: There's a fantastic quarter. Oh, my God. These numbers across the board, 36 percent revenue growth for Apple, 57 percent revenue growth for Google, 21 percent for Microsoft, 56 percent for Facebook. I've never seen anything like this. That's what happens when you make up the content for them. Yeah. Also, so much of it falling into profit. I mean, the the cash flow numbers. They have high performance computing. They do have that. They have to spend on computable. They're profit machines. They are profit machines. That alphabet quarter is still. That was the
1: best. Right? Oh, my God. That yeah. pinch eye. Oh, Bruce Porat. Well, uh-huh.
2: That's an interesting question, because um, yesterday the question was, was the Google print even better than Snaps? I mean, s- size wow. aside.
1: Yeah. I mean, Google was incredible, because now you have this whole new engine coming of Google Cloud, which is still, was five bill, but it's losing money. But when that flips, it's going to be, increased. it's just going to be incredible. Uh, I, I think that I, if I were a politician, uh, a hack politician, trying to, to make hay with my uh, with my constituents, I would just say, you know what? We got to have a hearing. These people are making too much money. We need the core hearings. Right. And Vlad, by the way, uh, we were talking this morning on network. Vlad's like going to be worth some incredible number if they hit 300. what is he worth 25 billion.
2: Uh, Andrew Sorkin, of course, was talking about this all morning on Squawk. I think he's still at the Nasdaq where we're going to keep our eyes poised this morning. Andrew, good morning. What do we know at this point?
0: Good morning. Uh, So a couple pieces of news. Uh, The first is that that they have now officially uh, finished syndicating uh, this stock this morning. Goldman Sachs spent a lot of time this morning trying to finish up. Uh, We were uh, asking a lot of questions this morning about whether that uh, was unusual, whether it posed a problem. Leslie Picker reporting last night uh, that uh, there were a lot of calls still going out to try to bring in investors at that $38 price. So we will see what happens later today uh and i can also now report that we will have robin hood CEO Vlad Tenev, and he's going to be on this program uh at ten a.m. uh to answer our questions uh so many of them uh which Jim and you and David have been uh posing all morning we will uh put them to him uh and try to get some answers uh, about the future of this company the IPO and of course some of these regulatory issues uh that both uh, that all of you have been talking about
1: Well that'll be good Andrew uh what does he know at ten? I mean, what worries me, frankly, with, with what he's got, is it does feel Facebookish. Remember when Facebook came public, and yep. there were just a lot of people who didn't. You know, it was just chaos. It's chaos. You
0: worry, and and we'll see whether there's chaos today or not. Uh, he's going to ring the opening bell. Uh, he's now preparing. Uh, he's now prepared uh, to speak publicly at ten uh, for reasons that were somewhat inexplicable. Uh, Goldman Sachs couldn't finish uh, getting that book together this morning, and they didn't want him speaking publicly before then. Uh, So we'll see what he has to say uh, at 10 o'clock about all of this. Uh, And then we will see, uh, of course, where the stock opens uh, this morning. That, by the way, not expected to happen until even later uh, in the day. And we will, uh, of course, watch and wait uh, to see when, when, when that actually occurs.
1: Uh, One of the things, Andrew, that I really uh, like is that there's this this sheer number of people who are in on this deal. It's rather extraordinary. I'm hearing that there are more people involved in buying this stock than almost any other stock in history. Can you ask him that? Because the number of investors is (laughs) just
4: extraordinary.
0: Well, and and, and this is what I think becomes the sort of larger question about the entire offering, which is to say, you know, if you have so many retail investors in in here, and I, I think nobody knows the answer, what does it really mean um, in terms of are they buy and hold? Are the, is this become a meme stock? Um, yeah. How do institutions think about it? If it if it if it does pop, do the institutions uh, sell? Do the retail sell? Do they? Uh, you know, what what do diamond hands and paper hands look like in a situation like this? I know it's not. There's no short squeeze to be had in, in this instance, so it's it, it's no. not going to generate uh, interest in that regard. But how, how does this actually work?
1: But the, you know, do you know, Andrew, there are more than 100,000 people who are in on this deal, 100,000. I mean, who that's a herd, isn't it? Which
0: also changes uh, a lot of the governance issues, because as you've seen, even with some of the SPACs with a lot of retail audience in there, um, you know, retail historically doesn't vote uh, when it comes to oh. governance issues. It, it just changes the entire dynamic with which you will communicate. And perhaps we will see from Vlad when we talk to him how he plans to communicate with the investor class, because the investor class is actually, as you just said, going to look so very different uh, than so many other companies that go public.
1: Well, it sounds like one thing I'm really thrilled about is that if Goldman didn't want him to speak uh, and he's speaking at 10, maybe he's more in charge. We want him to be in charge. We don't want him to be a, a, a deer in the headlights. We just don't.
3: We don't. We don't want to be Bambi's mom. Well, he's going to be with Sorkin, so it's going to be tough. We know that. What do you mean? Because we don't have him? Oh, the interview. Okay. <laughs> we would be tough, too. We would like to I have think the interview. The on the rooftop where the winds blow. we don't wear pocket squares. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> We're.
1: A little you like that.
3: quick he's just. A little pocket yeah, I love it. There. Of course, you know. You, How about us
2: interviewing Andrew? Isn't that the height I'm just of just uh, happy to see of, him in New like? York
1: City? Us interviewing another one we of should, our colleagues. We
2: should promote that coming up. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Ross Sorkin on his interview with Vlad Tennis. Yeah.
3: All right, well, Andrew. We'll great the we can get we here. Love you, Andrew. We'll see you in just a little bit. We can't wait. We
2: do. Uh, for, love you too. Uh, the next hour, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin. Let's <laughs> take <laughs> a look at futures here. <laughs> And uh, get to break a lot, obviously, that we have not yet covered, including Qualcomm. I know Jim's fired up about Ford. We'll talk some Comcast. We'll talk um, the hood IPO and then GDP as well. Future's pretty steady. We're back in a moment.
4: Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt. Or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help.
3: United States District Court of Southern District of New York against Trevor Milton. It's never good when the U.S. is coming after you, but that is the case, of course, with the founder of Nikola, former CEO who joined us here, oh, about a year and a well, not a year and a half ago, a year and three months ago, right before the pandemic uh, hit uh, March, let's call it, when they uh, when Nikola announced that SPAC deal. Um, it has since, of course, become a public company uh, on its own right, as you see, but it is down this morning on this news. What do we uh, have? Well, the U.S. attorney's coming after uh, him for what they call were uh, misleading statements on creating a fully functioning semi-truck, knowing that it was inoperable, uh, and it goes on from there. Um, no- Point two in the overview of the indictment, deceptive, false, misleading claims made by Trevor Milton regarding the development of Nikola's products and technology addressed nearly all aspects of the business, including, as I said, those false and misleading statements, false and misleading statements that Nikola had engineered and built an electric and hydrogen-powered pickup truck known as the Badger. Uh, false and misleading statements, and Nikola was producing hydrogen and was doing so to reduce cost, when Milton knew in fact no hydrogen was being produced at all by Nikola, at any cost. False and misleading statements, Nikola developed batteries, and on and on, in-house. Well, can I just, a lot of people don't like short sellers, uh, and I understand that.
1: There's a lot of people who are new to the business and they don't understand it, but uh, Nathan Anderson in Hindenburg did say all this was happening. They came after Nate very hard. Uh, but all this is, they like, it reads like the indictment that Hindenburg gave. And yep. I salute that particular amount of that, that Nate, the amount of work that Nate did on this uh, was extraordinary. And it looks like even though Nicola said all that was untrue, David, looks like a lot of it.
3: Yeah, it was true. You know, it's interesting in part because it it goes back to what we were talking about to a certain extent with Robin Hood and the growth there. But they claim that, you know, he made these statements regarding Nikola's products and capabilities to induce retail investors to purchase Nikola's stock. Amongst those retail investors who ultimately invested were investors who had no prior experience in the stock market and had begun trading during the COVID-19 pandemic to replace or supplement lost income or to occupy their time while in lockdown. Now, are you That's saying an indictment. that in terms, in terms of it? Now, one thing I would say, Vlad
1: Tenev has done very little promotion. Who we're looking at right here. He's done very little promotion of his deal. He's felt that it's not what he wants to do. I really salute that. They've added a lot of new product. Uh, they want to be, obviously, more than payment for order flow. Uh, again, I, I was shocked to see how much the business is options, which means... That there are a lot of very, very young people with not a lot of capital, not exactly who you want as core shareholders today, but I've got to hand it to them. They have, that's all the app. The app is so good. And it's amazing, David, the, the app is good enough that it probably attracts. I've, I have young people who are I know who just say, Jim, you know, that the app revolutionized revolutionized our business. So, I don't know, Cor. Uh,
2: I mean, Cor. Pay- payment for order flows, what, 80, 80%, 80% of revenue, or revenue percent make, That, that revenue. is how they make
1: their money. That's Do you it. think
2: that gets a, a bit of a twist cool. uh, post,
1: post-issue? post I think that if if Gensler says something, it will be disastrous. Uh, you have to hope that Gensler says, look, just be aware that it's a disclosure issue and that it's not a regulatory issue, David. Just got to be Disclosure. Like wood-fired grills.
3: <laughs> uh, yes.
2: We're going to talk about that when we get closer to the opening bell, I guess, in a moment. But it's all about grills lately, yes.
1: right?
3: I, I talked to the Weber people recently.
2: Weber is another
1: kind of grill. I like the. I have a Weber. I don't I have, have a Traeger. Yeah, you I do. Don't have,
3: I don't have a. Uh, you
1: a don't have a Traeger. No. Well, I don't have a Traeger. I mean, there's this, and then there's
3: Vlad, which is maybe in some ways the Facebook oh, of the a, era. There's a lot of other stuff too. A lot of companies reported earnings last night. Including our parent company. Those numbers actually look pretty good. If I can hear you, we can
1: have a serious discussion. We can talk
3: about Comcast a bit. A stock.
1: Why looks, don't looks we? Be because up. David, do you see that they help? they're back at? We work for Comcast.
3: They're back. Uh, <laughs> David Bond back stock. Yes. <laughs> Very hard to compete against the grill musters. Uh, they're
2: saying, pain, pain uh, "It's hard. an occupational hazard." You know, when we were all working from home, we missed this, and yes. now that we're back, we're realize so we got to <laughs> talk over them. I <laughs> would, I'd love to see
1: a show of hands of who's
2: vaccinated. Are uh, you allowed to uh, do a well, show of hands, right? What do you,
3: by the way, that's a very important uh, developing story here. More and more companies requiring vaccines for people to come back to the office. Google yesterday,
2: and then we had um, well, well, Apple stores. Apple uh, stores. Rice. Google mandating vaccine. Google yesterday. Disney, masks. Disney Danny World mask. Danny Meyer
3: for his restaurants.
2: Danny
1: Meyer. Well, I mean, I think it has to do with the. I'm not a doctor. But the amount of time you have to spend with someone who has Delta. Two minutes and so you got it. 15 seconds if they breathe on you. 15 seconds. And by the way, they a different kind of mask. No longer the usual. They want N95. Jim,
2: well, the. Um, Rate, the daily pace of people getting their first dose is back to a three-week high. So maybe that's why the market's kind of looking past this. Right. I watched the Phillies last night. There's no game. Why?
1: Because the Nationals, a lot of them used the J&J, David. The J&J is not stopping the Delta, but not people are not being hot. They're very asymptomatic. They don't
3: know. Well, a lot of it is breakthrough but not symptomatic. It's people guess- being tested a lot who are down.
2: Those Traeger people are loud. We got a crowd today at the uh, exchange this morning. It is Traeger, the grill maker, celebrating an IPO today at the NASDAQ. It is Robinhood celebrating its IPO. And as Andrew said a moment ago, we will speak to CEO Vlad Tenev in about 30 minutes.
1: Uh, Vlad never, never changed haircut wise. He never felt like David. He had to conform. He's not a conformist.
3: Okay. Don't look it, at the stock. Is conformist. that helpful? That's like one of the Is that helpful ever. for understanding whether or not to buy? Well, he, he's or a rebel uh, with a To cost. buy Robinhood when it
2: cost. Uh, one name I know you want to get to, Jim, is Ford. Uh, oh, surprise Paul. profit. They raised the guide for the year. You tweeted this morning that. They have the best EVs. Well, look, I think that one of the things that Ford did, they completely
1: switched the model. Uh, Ford is a loyalty model now. Ford, by the way, has the has the uh, second best-selling EV, the Mustang. They're actually making money on it. The conference call, they didn't. other than Adam Jonas, no one knew what the hell he was talking about. But what he's talking about, I'll tell you, is orders. It's Tesla. It's Tesla. He has orders like
3: you wouldn't believe. his cars and trucks. It's amazing. David, can you hear me over there? I can. Get closer because it's a big deal. And I know that you, obviously, we've talked many times about your support Well, I the think stock through what has been a great period. I like to point that well, out. Farley and it is moving up further today. You love Farley. He's got Nobody has up. any doubts about like, that.
1: Everyone keeps saying, okay, how much money are you losing on this? How much money are you losing on that?
3: He doesn't sell if it doesn't make
1: money. By the way, China, that's been a black hole for them. They're not losing any money in China yeah. anymore. Uh, I am so impressed with what Farley's doing that I hesitate to say that it could have a 2011 run where it went to 18 when they had an earning surprise It's been all downhill for the last 10 years and he is talking about having the Maki making money and by the way car and driver truck of the year uh, orders for the for the F150 electric they're going to blow people away, try getting a bronco, try getting a maverick uh, and he is just different. I mean, you know, the previous Ford CEO was he made he was a steelcase not, Danny Steelcase is a company
3: that no, makes was, cabinets. He made cabinets, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's just, it was curious. It was it's curious. Not true. It was a quizzical
1: pick. <laughs> this guy, I, I would not mess with Farley. You know what Farley has said to me over and over again? He wants to bury Elon Musk, <laughs> yes. and he's going to. He is going to have an electric. Bear with me. He's going to bury him on the truck. I don't think it's necessarily going to car,
2: but the truck. Well, the Washington Post has a piece this morning that uh, the White House is working with the automakers and the UAW to voluntarily pledge that EVs will make up 40 percent of all new cars and light trucks by 2030, Moment. which is not too far from where GM is already pacing, I think. No,
1: and I think the key thing about Ford reservations for the F-150 Lightning have already climbed 120,000. Three quarters of those customers are new to Ford. How about that? I think that's amazing. The Bronco, David, 125,000 orders. Okay, 70 percent of these Bronco customers are new to Ford.
2: This is a different Ford, which is why I like it so much. By the way, as for the chip shortage, uh, Jim's general thesis is that that supply chain trouble will ease in the coming quarters. Farley basically said the same thing last night. Take a listen. Yeah. Remember, they had a Japanese chip.
1: Signs of in the flow of chips now in the third quarter, but the situation remains fluid, especially due to the delay and ramp up of one of our key suppliers, Renesis, that Ford is uniquely exposed to in the first half. Overall, after effectively managing through the first half, we are now spring loaded for growth in the second half and beyond because of those red hot products pent-up demand, and improving chip supply. Navigating these chip constraints has led us to make important permanent changes in our business model at Ford.
2: Ah, That's really interesting. As we move from a just-in-time narrative to just-in-case.
1: Yes, he's got the Chinese view about what's done. I will tell you that the analysts do not have any sort of sense whatsoever any sort of sense whatsoever about what's going on with this company. And I'm going to say that Vlad Tenev and Jim Farley are both rebels. They have a different model. It's very pro-the-consumer. And Tenev, by the way, is so pro-the-consumer that I think that he's going to have a gigantic number uh, of people who have never come in. I mentioned the plus 100,000. And Farley's so pro-consumer that I even question whether the dealers are ready for what he has to do. There were a couple people on the call basically questioning the dealers. What will the dealers do? And he's got a priority list. He's got Ford Plus. I urge people to realize when you read this thing, the analysts have never seen anything like it uh, from Ford or anyone, except for Adam Jonas, who's incredibly smart and says, great call so far. And he talks about how the EV is um, on fire. And And so obviously there are people who genuinely are starting to get who this man is. This man is not. This is not a Ford CEO like I have ever seen in my life. He's amazing.
2: We'll keep our eye on that, along with, obviously, uh, the progress of the Robinhood IPO. For that this morning, we'll also turn to our Leslie Picker.
5: Hey, Carl. uh, I've been chatting with some sources this morning ever since the company broke syndicate at about 9.02 this morning, meaning they had their confirmed orders uh, distributed to investors, just trying to get a sense of kind of what that book looked like to give us at least some color as we head into its first day of trading today. Uh, As I mentioned, syndicate broke around 9.02. Now, we've been talking a lot about this retail allocation aspect of the deal, which is unique. Usually, you see a small proportion allocated to retail. Obviously, with Robinhood uh, in the business it's in, it did decide to have a range between 20% and 35% of the allocation distributed to users of its platform. Now, I'm told that the allocation for retail, I don't have a specific number, but I'm told it's at the lower end of that range. So closer to the 20% perhaps than the 35%. Interestingly, they did send out an email to retail investors once the pricing was decided late last night. I'm told they did see kind of a tick up in interest once investors on the retail side knew the price of $38 per share. They were more interested in buying um, as opposed to kind of more of an auction system where you place your Indications of interest, I would buy shares at this price this many shares. It sounds like retail investors do feel a bit more comfortable once they actually know what they 're buying which which does make sense from an institutional investor standpoint, trying to get a bit more color on the book but here 's what I have right now. I know there are a number of their current investors that did decide to buy in at the IPO price. Uh, there are also some new investors from mutual funds sovereign wealth funds hedge funds so pretty much what you'd see in every deal. Now, the one thing I don't know, and I think we'll get a sense of this once the shares start trading, is that breakdown of retail versus institutional. Does that say something about institutional maybe wanting more of the stock? Or does it say something about retail wanting less of the stock? I think that remains to be seen. Uh, But we will have a better sense of of what that demand looks like, of course, when shares begin trading, which should take place uh, about three and a half hours from now, roughly speaking. Obviously, those things are kind of a moving target, guys.
3: Yeah. Uh, Hey, Leslie, it was right around 9.02 when I was quoting some people on the institutional front who were saying Goldman had approached them not that long before that. Yeah kind of begging them to take stock. I mean, I don't know that there was a great deal of institutional demand. You can always find it. Goldman's great at doing that. I'm sure they they got it done, but it does not sound as though it was easy, particularly on that side.
5: (laughs) It's interesting because it it depends on who you spoke with. I spoke with one person who said, oh, we have people asking for more stock if it's there. And then I've spoken with several other people on the buy side uh, that say that they were approached with more stock. Uh, And of course, all this IPO allocation process, IPO pricing, it's so much about psychology. So those types of signals are not something that institutional investors feel totally comfortable with because usually if it's a, you know, considered a hot deal or, you know, one of these kind of founder led growth deals, they're the ones who tend to be clamoring for more stock. And you do have kind of a concentrated book of investors that are considered high quality, which are ones that have long-standing relationships with the banks. They tend to hold, they have kind of this trust on pricing and Things like that. Um, it seems like this is this is definitely a different kind of deal. So it'll be interesting to see how things turn out when this when the stock begins trading. That's that's ultimately that's the nice thing about IPOs is you do have a a sense of whether it worked or it didn't work based on uh, what the stock does today.
2: All right, Leslie. Thanks. We're going to watch it with your help, obviously. Uh, Leslie, helping us at least put one more wrinkle on on the progress of this IPO this morning. What haven't we got to, guys? We PayPal and Qualcomm we've not touched on. Uh, PayPal 115 is a three-cent beat, but revenue in line, and the guide was lower than we thought. Jim? I, I thought that,
1: first of all, this is not an unusual thing for Dan Schulman, the unbelievable good CEO of PayPal. But second, he'd been saying over and over again that this would be the toughest quarter in terms of the separation with eBay. Uh, I want to look away from that and just say there's been remarkable growth here. Venmo's incredible. Uh, I think the number of merchants that have been added is really amazing. I thought it was a fantastic conference call, with the exception of what they had to say about eBay, which is obviously he said it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I frankly think that. Uh, my charitable trust owns it. But I, what I really like about it is the number of merchants who have signed up for this thing, the number of consumers, uh, the buy now, pay later is just crushing it. 400 million active accounts. Venmo up 58 percent. Remember, they're now making money on that 32 million merchants. This stock is a buy. And you just have to overlook what they had to say about eBay and recognize the growth is a pace. It's fantastic. And by the way, they're ready to do anything you want crypto. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, that's Dan is not. Dan does not talk up his own stock. He never has. He tells you all the things that can go wrong. And
3: uh, then you buy it. And you should buy it. What? $335 billion market value. Well, he no, it. He's going no, to back uh, no, to the wall. No, I know. It's just, I mean, we've got to remember, it's one of the larger companies out there. Well, so's MasterCard. And that was a great quarter. Yes, so's Visa. So it is It's really Swift. XP is not. American Express is not one of the largest companies. Steve did a great job. You think so? Steve, yeah, that small to medium
1: sized business. No, I know you amazing. love I know. Remember, Look, yeah. uh, Mastercard is a, about open borders. We hope that Delta doesn't ruin that. But as the borders go open, open, the, the numbers just get better and better and better as we turn to normalcy. Now, when I listen to the CDC, I question. Well, I mean, I'm sitting here with a mask. I mean, I, I'm back to the mask days.
2: I everywhere. Yep. Uh, that's, um, it's a layer of protection, Jim. I know. Uh, people seem to have a problem with it in some parts of the country. So um, it is a layer of protection. Guys, we talk a lot about IPOs. It's been a
3: record year now for straight IPOs, which Leslie is reporting on a lot, and also SPACs, of yes. course. I did want to get quickly to some SPACs because um, we haven't hit it in a while. And there's been a lot of news, and some of this you're going to be very I ex- You mean the broken deal, the Advent broken deal? Well, yes, the Advent broken deal was interesting, or actually it was sold by Advent. Right. Two Fortress, that was yes. that was last week, ATIP. Well, actually, that's the, that's but that certainly has roiled the SPAC and market. Really in particular, the pipe market, and I am talking about ATIP, physical therapy centers, you know, they had labor shortages conceivably, but that thing just, look what happened there. I mean that has been nothing short of a disaster and many people uh-huh. questioning, given they closed the deal in June, the due diligence that was done. How could you close the deal in June and then warn in July? But they did. Um, but it's more than that. Uh, did you see today, Jim Archer? Remember ACIC? Flying cars, sure. I like to call flying it.
1: Flying cars. You would flag that instantly.
3: Yeah. Uh, they cut that value of that deal to $1.7 billion from $2.7 yeah, billion. Really? yeah. A dramatic cut, about 38% in the value of the overall transaction. Remember, this was a Mollis-led back, ACIC, uh, getting that done. But getting it done at a far lower valuation. This is one where we would sit there and look at the projections right. for 2026. And on and sort of say, hmm, interesting How in terms many of what different- they're looking for in terms of the multiple. There are competitors, right. by the way. These are actually, of course, uh, taxis, small right. airplane taxis, I guess you call it. But, One day may be autonomous, but When
1: we'll you have speak to, the, to anyone in the SPAC business, the first thing they say is understand we are not this company. Right. <laughs> they all do that. I mean, I said, of course not. You're like a financial company. No, we're, we I'm are not flying yeah. taxis. And by we're the not, way, they always say this. Could you please tell David we're
3: not flying taxis? Because <laughs> they think that you are I against flying, flying car- taxis. I'm not. I love saying the words flying cars. How can you not? How can you not want to say flying cars? I, I but just, I understand what the industry is, and I do say that in jest. Meanwhile, um, David, the Dow and the S&P are both hitting its record. Well, let me finish back. Okay, okay. Let me just quickly finish. All right. Just uh, tailwind, uh, QOMPLX, they, did, they didn't did get enough votes for their deal. So they got to reset that and meet tomorrow. And finally, Starboard did get their deal approved. But so many redemptions came in that they went below their minimum cash requirements. So they had to waive the minimum cash requirement. But they did announce or I should say they did close uh, the deal with uh, six we're, we're still not hearing anything from Gary Gensler about this 2026 farce. I know where
1: you can say, well, I'm going to make X in 2026 without any rigor. But whatsoever. we have seen
3: a number of deals. Well, the one that was renegotiated prior to that, that Russian, remember that company, the satellite company? Then they came after them, the SEC. The blue chip, blue yeah. chip company.
2: Uh, speaking of chips, AMD's uh, AMD's over 100, Jim, for the first time. Oh, it's about time.
1: You go back and forth with Lisa Sue. One of the things that's interesting is that Xilinx was great. Xilinx reported they didn't do a conference call, but Xilinx is the antidote to those who say, well, look, in the end, Intel's going to catch up. The Xilinx business is Internet of Things, defense, telco. Uh, so that, uh, that was an, a, a nice upside surprise. The deal is out of the moment and close. I think people are starting to realize that when Lisa Su talks about these various uh, Italian cities, what she's really saying is we are at a much smaller form factor than Intel, which everybody wants a smaller uh, form factor. Uh, and then when you listen to Facebook, you realize how much money they have to spend on projects that are AMD chips. So I felt even more encouraged after I listened to Facebook last night. Uh,
2: uh, you can see semis are uh, having some strength today and a pretty good tape. Zoom is up uh, almost 5%. KeyBank goes to overweight, 428. They did a survey, Jim, of CIOs, uh, and their takeaway was that about 40% of employees will work some remote over, for the long term, which is up from about, say, 20 pre-COVID. It
1: turned out to be that nobody's, I mean, if you look at the numbers, as David was saying, you don't see a lot of companies that were, said, you know what, well, we could have done much better if we were able to go visit customers. Nobody's saying that, and the, and the travel and expense budgets are so far down. We will hear Bill McDermott, I believe, who uh, from ServiceNow, who is really on the other
3: side of that. Yes. He wants people face-to-face right but where are you on return of the business traveler i mean I, I still don't see it look i i am a guy who thinks delta is really
1: bad so you know you can't it's almost like when i when you need I, the variant yeah not the airline no. No, no i like i um, no, it's kind of like for me when i was at my uh, birthday party and i said listen there are going to be millions of people who unfortunately are going to die from this and it's going to be a pandemic and, and you left well i'm telling you that delta is the uh, the pandemic delta variant david not if you're vaccinated uh, no. David, there are whole people who are who are saying that when I say it's good to get vaccinated, compare me to Stalin.
2: Well, uh, yep. that's sort of where we are. Uh, yeah, got to work with that. When we come back, uh, do not miss Robin Hood's Vlad Tenev with our Andrew Ross Sorkin coming up. In the next hour, as Hood goes public, as we go to break, let's get a look at the bond report, see how treasuries are faring this day after the Fed decision, when we really got a clearer picture of the discussion of when taper might happen. See 10-year 1266. Goldman says they expect a warning in September and a formal announcement in December. We're back in a moment with the CEO of ServiceNow. Every day. All right,
1: ServiceNow reported a terrific number, a beat in both earnings and revenues, a great forecast. If you remember last time, people didn't care for it. I said, that's wrong. Buy the stock, thank heavens. And I did that in part because Bill McDermott, the CEO, who is here right now, gave you such strong views about what would happen over the years, uh, and certainly over the next few quarters, that it was a wake-up call. Bill, this was a fabulous quarter. Congratulations.
6: Well, thank you very much, Jim. Our team did an outstanding job. You know, as you said, we significantly exceeded the high end of guidance across all metrics, and that was reflected in our strong full-year guidance raise. So we kept the promise, Jim.
1: No, you sure did. And you came on, I remember you came on, and you were very forceful that the people who did not understand the, the uh, strength will be proven wrong. I love CEOs who stand up for their, for, uh, stand up for their stocks, but I've got a problem, Bill. I was sure. sh- sh- shattered. You said this is a do or die moment, and it kind of woke yeah. me up. Why is it a do or die moment for people in business?
6: Well, let's think of it this way the global economy is recovering at the fastest pace in 80 years, and the enterprise digital transformation market is expected to grow three times faster than GDP in 2021. So business leaders are now facing do or die moments in a forever changed world. Business models have changed forever, and the pandemic has accelerated the digital imperative. So if you think of it this way, in 2027, 75 percent of the companies that are on today's Fortune 500 list will not be there unless they make bold changes and digitally transform their companies. That's do or die.
1: Well, I certainly
6: felt that way after I
1: started reading about the, uh, your observability solution and the importance of observability. I don't think anyone else has this. This is a very proprietary thing to ServiceNow. I want people to know what it is.
6: Well, think of it this way. Um, there is going to be more than 500 million applications developed in enterprises by 2023 and that's equivalent to the total number of apps that were developed in the past 40 years. So what companies have to do is they have to have platforms that can digitally transform their enterprise. The Now platform from ServiceNow allows you to observe your data, form patterns, understand what that data is doing everywhere from developers that are in operations to executives that are watching shopping carts at the checkout counter in any given retailer. So we run the whole business. IT has to serve the business, employees have to get a great experience, customers have to get a frictionless service, and you have to create new applications. That whole value chain is managed in the cloud by ServiceNow with enormous precision. Jim, I call ServiceNow the control tower for digital transformation. Work flows with ServiceNow.
1: And how great it is when you have repetitive things that are uh, really something that makes an employee get down in the dumps and you're fixing that. I thought that your analysis of what you've done with Airbus in Toulouse is worth sharing.
6: Oh, Airbus is just a great story. You know, if you think about this idea of, you know, looking at your business and really understanding what's going on in your business, you know, you could scan things in your supply chain and truly automate the way that supply chain is reacting in real time. Airbus innovated a tracking app with a creator application on the Now platform in less than three months. They transformed their manufacturing, transportation, incident response process by 20% improvement. So just think of the shareholder value that's getting created in that one application and they'll do many more.
1: I think it's important because you always hear these people how they took out costs. This is how. One last question. Bill, getting our sales professionals, and executives in front of other executives is only going to help. Sounds like that you don't want to sit there on Zoom, do you?
6: Oh, no, I, I actually don't. Um, but I think it's really important. You know, what we've tried to do with our employees, we want to return people to work safely, Jim. As you know, with the Now platform, we've vaccinated millions and millions of people globally by transporting, administering, and monitoring vaccines for countries all over the world. And we want to return our people safely, and we've given them till the beginning of the year. Having said that, I've been on the road now for weeks meeting with customers all over the United States and the federal um, government as well as all the commercial sectors. Just think about companies like ServiceNow. When you see these results that were largely earned over Zoom and doing things digitally, when we can fully get back and engage with customers the future is bright jim
1: no i agree you're all time high bill mcdermott thank you so much CEO of service great stock great company great ceo good to see you thank you so much you've been listening to the opening bell on cnbc's squawk on the street
5: this podcast is supported by fedex dear small and medium businesses no one wants happy customers more than you do